0: Welcome to the LifeGate podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Good morning, LifeGate. How we doing? Merry Christmas to everyone. How many are excited about Christmas? Come on. We're only a few weeks away. I mean, just like three weeks away from Christmas. In fact, let's just do a little survey in the house today. How many of you have all your Christmas decorations all up? Come on, raise your hand. Got them all up. How many put them down? How many don't have your Christmas decorations up? A few of you you got some work to do. How many are saying, hey, I ain't putting any up, man? I'm just going to be lazy. this year. Hey, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, Christmas is right around the corner. We got about 23 more days. It's so hard to believe. And one of my favorite things about Christmas is it really is one of the best times of the year to reach people for Jesus. How many know what I'm saying? I am telling you, people will come to church on Christmas who would not come to church any other time of the year, maybe on Easter, Easter and Christmas. And we have an opportunity to bring people to church and share with them the love of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to challenge you over these next few weeks to invite somebody. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, invite somebody. Invite somebody to church. In fact, we've got a couple of great opportunities for you to do that over these next couple of weeks. Two weeks from today, we have our LifeGate family Christmas, and it is always so, so much fun. We're going to have pictures with Santa. Man, we got some special music that the band has cooked up, as well as some other holiday treats and things like that that are going to be going on two Sundays from today. So invite somebody for that. And then on Christmas weekend on December the 20th 22nd and 23rd. Last year we did this, had a Saturday and Sunday, and it went so great that we decided we're gonna do this again on Christmas weekend. We're gonna have a Saturday night. Everybody say Saturday night. Saturday night service at five o'clock on December the twenty second. And then again on December the twenty third, we will have two services at nine thirty and eleven. And this is when we'll have our traditional candlelight service with all of our Christmas music. I'm telling I'm telling you, I'm gonna have a Christmas message for you. We're gonna to have the candy buffet for all of the kids. We'll have the story of Christmas with all of the kids. It is a perfect, perfect time, especially on that weekend to invite family to join you for that, for that weekend. Cause it's just the Christmas weekend and you do not want to miss it. So how many will help me by inviting somebody on one of those weekends? Wow. That's pretty good. Thank you for helping me with that here this morning. Hey, let's jump into our series that we started last week called favor. Everybody say favor. And last week we started talking about this idea of favor, of having God's favor upon our lives and how it makes all of the difference. It's like the secret weapon in the life of the believer. It is a game changer for us when we can experience the favor of God upon our lives. And last week we kind of gave you like this kind of working definition of what it means to have the favor of God in our lives. If you remember it from last week, you can say it a with me. It's simply this, is that favor is God doing for me what I could never do for myself. How many remember that from last week? All right. Now, I want you to say it with me on count of three. One, two, three. Favor is God doing for me what I could never do for myself. How many have experienced something like that in your life before? If you are a believer in this room, you know what I, I'm talking about. There are times in our lives where God just shows up and shows off. You know what I'm saying? I I mean there are things that just happen in our life where we just have to go man that could only be God that is far above what I deserve that is far beyond my pay grade God just showed up and did something in my life and the only explanation for it is the favor of God and that's what we're talking about in this series what does it look like to have the favor of God upon our lives and maybe even more importantly than that, how do we get the favor of God working on and in and flowing through our lives? And this is an idea that we see throughout the scripture. We see it, we see it, especially in the Christmas story, as we're going to see in these next few weeks, that, that the favor of God is a huge theme in this story, but not just in the story of Christmas, but actually throughout the whole Bible. We see it over and over. We see it in Abraham. We see it in Moses. We see it in Daniel. We see it in Esther we see it in the life of Mary and of Jesus and today what I want to do is I want to look at one of my favorite favorite guys in the whole Bible I'm telling you his story has influenced me probably more than any other story in the Bible besides the story of Jesus and I want to look at the life of this guy named Joseph everybody say Joseph Joseph now I don't want you to get confused because I know we are at Christmas time and last week we talked about Mary the mother of Jesus and we know that her her husband's name was Joseph, but the Joseph we're going to look at today is a different Joseph. He actually lived hundreds of years before the Christmas story ever happened, before Mary even came to this earth, before Jesus came to this earth. We find his story in the book of Genesis. In fact, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to Genesis chapter 39 because that's where we're going to be here in just a few minutes. And we see in the life of this guy, Joseph, that over and over and over and over that Jesus Joseph experienced the favor of God resting upon his life. Now that didn't mean that Joseph's life was easy. In fact, we're going to see that Joseph had some struggles. He had some difficulties. He had some stuff that happened in his life over and over. But every single time God showed up and he experienced the favor of God, like God would show up in Joseph's life in such a way that he could only be explained by the favor of God. In fact, if you remember the story of Joseph, you you might remember that Joseph was the guy, he had a dream, God gave him this dream, and Joseph, uh, this probably wasn't a good idea, because it wound up getting him in lots of trouble, but Joseph shared the dream with his brothers, and his brothers were jealous about the dream that he had, and jealous about, really about God's favor upon his his life, and so they beat him up, I mean, talk about sibling rivalry, I mean, they beat this guy up, they throw him into a pit, they're going to leave him there for dead, but then they decide, well, Maybe we ought to at least make some money off of this thing. And so they sell him. His own brothers sell him into slavery. I mean, incredible story of what happens to Joseph. And yet through all this stuff that happens, Joseph continues to experience the blessings in the favor of God. In fact, this is where we pick up in our passage today in Genesis chapter 39. And we're going to start reading with verse number one. Joseph finds himself in the house of this guy named Potiphar. Everybody say Potiphar. Potiphar. I just had you say that because it's a cool name, Potiphar, right? He finds himself in the house of this guy named Potiphar and, and he's a slave, a servant in Potiphar's house. And this is where we pick up the story in verse number one. It says, and now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. And the Lord was with Joseph so that he, would. Everybody say this out loud. So that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph did what? He found favor in the eyes, in his eyes, and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household. And he entrusted his care, into his care, everything that he owned. And from the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. And the blessings of the Lord was upon everything that Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything that he had in Joseph's care. And with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except for the food that he ate. Now, I want you to think about how incredible this story is. I mean, Joseph finds himself a slave, a servant in the house of this Egyptian master. And yet the blessing and the favor of God is so much upon Joseph that Potiphar puts him in charge of the whole house. I want you to think about that. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, what slave owner, what wealthy man would take his slave and put his slave in charge of everything that he had? That just doesn't happen except for the favor of God. And here's what I want you to see today. In fact, this is this is our key thought for the day. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. And that is simply this. One day of God's favor is better than a lifetime of my labor. Come on, you, you got to understand that here today, that if we can get ourselves in a position where we can experience the favor of God upon our life, like one day, one moment of the favor of God in our life is so much better than all that we could ever do in and on our own. In fact, there are some of you that are here today and you have been striving and you have been working and you have been Grinding towards your own dream in your own strength wondering why nothing is happening And i'm telling you here today You can make the decision to surrender yourself to decide i'm not going to live for my own dream I'm, not going to grind and work and strive for the things that I want But instead i'm going to surrender to god's dream in my life and one Moment of god's faith. Favor can make all the difference in your life. In fact, here's what I want you to see today in the life of Joseph. I want us to discover three things about favor and how we can release the favor of God upon our lives. How many of you want to have the favor of God on your life? I want you to see these three things. If you could take notes, you can write them down. The first one I want you to simply see is this, is that talents cannot replace God's favor. In fact, this is what we see in Joseph's life. Check it out in Genesis chapter 39 and verse number two. It says, And the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. That is so important. I want you to see that verse, that, that, that phrase in that verse again. It was who that gave him success. Come on, say it. It was the Lord. The success that Joseph had was not in his own talent. It was not in his own ability. It was not in his own good looks. It was not in his own charisma or his own charm or anything that that Joseph had to do with it. It was all because God's favor and blessing was upon his life. And here's what I want you to understand here today. Is that you can have all the talent in the world. And still fall short of God's blessing and his purpose in your life if you don't have his favor. In fact, we can see this over and over and over throughout the scripture, man. We see it in the life of, of a guy named Saul. Man, you might remember Saul. Saul, the Bible described what he looked like. Like Saul, Saul was a powerful man, a big, tall, strong, handsome, talented man, just like your pastor. Come on, amen. Y'all, y'all shouldn't have laughed that hard. That hurt my feelings a little bit. I mean, Saul had it all together. Like Saul had it going for him. Saul had talent. He had charisma. He—I mean—he had everything that you that you could want. And you would see that that Saul, as long as he was in the favor of God, you go and study his life. That he continued to be promoted and he continued to be blessed. In fact, he went from from obscurity to becoming the king of all of the land. And yet, when you look at it, it wasn't because of his talent. It wasn't because of his handsome good looks. It wasn't because He was a great and strong warrior. No, no. As long as he had the favor of God upon his life, he continued to be promoted. He continued to be blessed. But when he got out from under the favor of God, you see what happened in his life. He lost everything, including his own life. And here's what you've got to understand. No amount of talent, no amount of great charisma, no amount of having it all together in your life can make up for the favor of God. In your life. In fact, you see it with the life of Moses. Moses, of all people, was not a great leader. He wasn't talented. He he didn't have great charisma. In fact, he was insecure about the fact that he didn't speak well. He was insecure about the fact that he had some stuff in his past. He was a murderer. He was was hiding and running and and living in the wilderness. He didn't know, he, he didn't have it all together in the way that we would think that you have to have it all together. And yet, he had one thing, the one thing that makes all the difference. The Bible talks about it in Genesis 33 that he found favor in the sight of the Lord. And here's what I want you to understand here today. I don't care if you got it all together. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care, I don't care how, much, how much charisma and how many things you have going for you. You might be able to build a life. You might even be able to let your talent take you to a certain level. You might even let your talent climb you up a ladder of success only to realize when you get to the top that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. Because no amount of talent can replace God's favor upon our lives second thing I want you to notice about favor in Joseph's life is simply this is not only is it that talent can't replace God's favor but I want you to see this trouble cannot remove God's favor In fact, this is what we see in the story of Joseph. Joseph had God's favor. And yet everywhere he went, he experienced some difficulties. He experienced some troubles that each time God would bless and Joseph would move up to a new level. And then what would happen, there would be problems. In fact, this is what we see in our story today in Genesis chapter 39. Things are going pretty good for Joseph. And then all of a sudden, one little lady who was up to no good started making trouble in the neighborhood. How many remember what I'm talking about? I mean, here she comes along, Potiphar's wife, and she notices that, man, there's something special about Joseph. And so she kind of starts tempting and kind of starts seducing and says, says Joseph, come along and, and go to bed with me. Nobody will ever know and it will be, it'll be okay. Talk about Joseph finding himself in the midst of some temptation and some trouble. And what happens, we see it in the story that Joseph keeps his, character, his integrity, his purity in place. And, and, and what, what does it lead to? It leads to him being falsely accused and thrown into a prison. Like I did the right thing and they threw me in prison. Where's the favor of God in that? And yet notice what we see that even in prison that Joseph experiences the favor of God. Check it out in verse number 20, Joseph's master took him And put him in prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison. Look what it says. The Lord was what? The Lord was with him. And showed him kindness. And granted him what? Granted him favor. In the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge. Here's the same thing happening again. The warden puts Joseph in charge of everything. And everyone in the prison and made him responsible for, responsible for all that was done there. And the warden paid no attention to anything that was under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Like, here's Joseph. He experiences the pit. He experiences the false accusation. He experiences the prison. And yet everywhere that he goes, the blessings and the favor of God are upon his life. And he continues to be promoted and rise to new levels in leadership. And here's what I want you to understand. If you have the favor of God on your life, that is no guarantee you're not going to have trouble. But here's what it does guarantee. That the dream that God has placed in your heart will not be stopped. See, here's what you got to understand. That you can have the favor of God even in unfavorable situations. And here's the thing. When you have the favor of God, in fact, you might want to write this down. The problems in your life may be painful, but they won't be permanent. This is what we see happen with Joseph. Oh, he had some problems. He had some struggles. Oh, sure, he experienced being being beaten up and thrown into a pit. He experienced being sold into a slavery and falsely accused and put into a prison. He experienced being forgotten in that prison. But here's what we know. That wasn't the end of Joseph's story. Joseph didn't stay in the prison and the prison and the problems and the troubles didn't stop the work of God in his life. That God's presence with with Joseph everywhere that he went and everything that happened to the point that Joseph continued to rise from level to level to level to eventually even have even having an audience with the king of all of the land, even becoming placed second in command of all of Egypt, even God using him to save the people of Israel from the famine that would come. And here's what I want you to understand is that, that when you have the favor of God upon your life, there is no problem that can stop you from God's purposes when you're walking in God's favor. See, this is what we need to understand about the favor of God is that talent cannot replace God's favor. Troubles cannot remove God's favor. But then notice number three, there seems to be some traits that tend to release God's favor. In fact, some of you are here today and you're going, okay, like if favor is so great, like last week you gave us a whole list of things that happen when I have the favor of God on my life. Then just now you just said, man, it don't matter how much talent I got or how much troubles I go through, like when the favor of God is there, I can experience the blessings of God. All right, pastor, I am convinced I want the favor of God upon my life. How in the world do I get it? Like, is there a sign-up sheet? If there is, sign me up. Put me down. Because I want the favor of God on my life. All right? And here's what I want you to understand. There seems to be, as you study through the Scripture, certain traits and certain characteristics in the lives of these people that have the favor of God upon their life that seem to just release God's favor in greater ways in their life. And here's what you've got to understand. If you're taking notes, you might even want to write this down here today. You cannot achieve God's favor, but you can receive it. You cannot achieve God's favor. See, some of us, here's what we hear today. Oh man, the favor of God is so great and I gotta have it in my life. And I mean, I want God's blessing upon my life. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna make it all happen and I'm gonna somehow earn it. I'm gonna somehow achieve it. Like if I could just, maybe, maybe if I just do enough good deeds or maybe if I just go to church enough or maybe if I just you know give enough money in the offering or maybe if I say the right prayer, or get the formula just right, then somehow I can... I can sort of earn the favor of God over my life. And here's what I want you to understand. You can't achieve it. It's not about your work. It's not about how good that you can be or all the good deeds or things that you can do. See, here's the deal. The favor of God on your life is not about what you do. It's about who you are. It's about about how you live. And even more importantly than that, it's about who God is in your life. In fact, let me just be real clear here today so that you understand. I do not want you to be confused here today. I want to tell you today, there is nothing that you can do to ever make God love you more. Or to make God love you less. This is not about God loving you. Guess what? You don't earn God's love. He loves you because he is love. Come on, right? This is about how do I position myself in a place that I receive God's favor. In fact, the scripture talks about this in Ephesians. that It's not by works that we're saved, lest any man would boast. It's not about how do I work my way into salvation, but there does seem to be some things as we study through the scripture Some things that position us, that set us up, that put us in a place that release the favor of God in our lives. In fact, I love the way Pastor Robert Morris says it. He says, God's love is unconditional, but his favor requires our participation. Think about that for a minute. God loves you no matter what. But you know what? When we want to experience God's favor in our life, guess what we have to do? We have to participate together with him. We have to get ourselves in a position to be able to receive it. In fact, let me just illustrate it like this. How many football fans do we have in the house today? Come on, raise your hand. Yesterday, I I watched a whole bunch of football, and I'm not even going to say nothing about it except for that I was just happy about the outcome. I'm just going to say that today. And if you're a football fan in the house, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like when the, when the quarterback drops back to throw a pass, they have a position on the team is called the, what the wide receiver, right? And what is the job of the receiver? The receiver's job is to catch the pass. Now, in order for the receiver to catch the pass, what does he have to do? He has to position himself under the ball. In fact, there are certain, there's certain plays that they will do. There's ones called the fade where the quarterback will just drop back and he will throw it. Not, he's not throwing the ball to the receiver. He's 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 throwing the ball to a position on the field. I see my coach over here, Coach Mike, shaking his head. He's throwing the ball to a position on the field. And the receiver's job is simply this, to get himself to that place so that he can position himself in a place to receive the pass that has been thrown. And here's what I'm talking about today is that God, he is throwing out favor. He wants to throw out favor to you and to you and to you and to me and to every single one of us. He wants to put his favor upon our lives. And our job is to be the wide receiver. Come on, say wide receiver. To be the wide receiver, to position ourselves in a place where we can receive the favor of God in our lives. Let let me illustrate it like this a little different. Like like when when you got up this morning, got ready to come to church, you might have have gotten in the shower i hope you did or at least last night at least get the one shower for the week you know and when you get ready to get in the shower what do you do you turn the water on the shower and the water comes out of the shower right but in order to get wet what do you have to do you gotta get under the shower right right and here's the deal i'll just tell you god is pouring out his favor It's not about whether he loves you or not or whether he wants to bring his favor on your life. It's about you participating with him to receive it. It's about you positioning yourself in a place to get underneath the favor that he wants to pour on your life. So how do you do it? We see it in the life of Joseph. In fact, we see some traits and some characteristics of Joseph's life that release the favor of God, that position him in a a place to be able to receive it. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. Letter A is simply this, integrity. If we want to experience God's favor in our life, here's what we have to do. We have to live a life of integrity. In fact, it reminds me of this joke I heard one time about this, this preacher and, and, and this, this guy, he, he, he liked golf a lot. You know, I can relate to that. And, yet, and it, this preacher, he kind of lacked in this area of integrity just a little bit. And so every chance that the preacher would get to go out and play a little golf, man, he would, you know, he would find a way to get out there and swing away. I mean, it had become an obsession to him even to the point where one Sunday morning he woke up and he checked the weather and he looked outside and he saw that today, that day was gonna be the most perfect day for golf ever. And so he just decided, man, I just, I don't want to go to church and preach today. I want to get out and play golf. So he made a phone call to his assistant, uh, to his assistant pastor and said, uh-huh, I'm kind of sick today. <laughs> I need you to preach the sermon. And so the assistant said, yes, sir, pastor, I'll preach the sermon. And so the pastor loaded up his golf clubs, got in the car, drove three hours away so that no one would recognize him, Got out on the golf course, teed up the ball. And as he teed up the ball, an angel looked down from heaven and saw what the pastor was doing and pointed and kind of nudged to Jesus and said, do you see what that pastor is doing? Don't you think we ought to punish him for what he's doing today? Jesus just kind of smiled and nodded. Pastor teed up the ball. Swung the best golf swing he had ever swung before. The ball went up onto the green, landed on the green, and in two little bounces went hole in one into the hole. And the angel said, Jesus, I thought we were going to punish him for what he's doing today. And Jesus just smiled and said, think about it. Who's he going to (laughs) tell? Come on, that's funny right there. I don't even care. That's pretty funny. And here's the deal. Isn't that, it's a funny joke, but isn't that not very funny? Because that's the way a lot of people live. Like, as long as nobody knows, it'll be okay. But you know what integrity is? Integrity is doing the right thing even when nobody knows. And when we study through scripture, you know what we see? This is the kind of life that God blesses. In fact, this is what we see with Joseph. Joseph could have just went along with it. He could have just said, you know, hey, you know, I'm, Potiphar put me in charge of everything. I guess that means I'm in charge of his wife too. Like I can do what I want and nobody will ever know. But that's not the way Joseph lived. Joseph lived with integrity. Integrity. And here's the deal. In fact, if you take a note, you can write this down. God could bless Joseph because God could trust Joseph. And let me just tell you something. If you want the blessing of God upon your life, you've got to live a life that is trustworthy. You've got to live a life that is blessable. You if you want the favor of God, you should live favorably. And when we study scripture, here's what we see that over and over and over and over. God blesses people who live with integrity. Some of us wonder, why don't I have the blessing of God in my life? But we've got things going on that nobody else knows about. And we've got to take a look at our life and say, are we living in integrity? The Bible says it over and over in Psalm 5 and verse 12. Surely the Lord will bless the righteous and surround them with the favor of God as a shield. The Bible says in Psalm 84 and verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. And the Lord bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from the Those whose walk is blameless. The Bible says it like this in Proverbs 12 and verse 2. That good people obtain the what? The favor of the Lord. But he condemns those who devise wicked schemes over and over through the scripture. We see that God seems to bless people who live a life of integrity. What are the traits that release the favor of God in our lives? Integrity number two. Or letter B, write this one down. Humility. 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 In fact, we see this with Joseph as well. In Genesis chapter 39, in verse number 8, look what it says. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And everything he owns he has entrusted to my care. Notice this, number, verse number 9. And no one is greater in this house than me. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Now, I want you to notice this. At first glance, that sounds like a prideful statement. Like, nobody in this house is better than me. But when you examine it a little bit more, it's actually a statement of humility. Because here's what he does. He recognizes the position that he's in. But at the same moment, what does he say? For the master is the one who put me here. And guys, that's what humility really is all about. See, pride is saying, look where I'm at and look where I got myself. Humility is saying, look where I'm at and I recognize I didn't get here by myself. And that's the kind of attitude that God blesses. In fact, it's like the little meme I saw one time. Somebody was floating it around on Facebook. Is a picture of a, a picture of a turtle that was sitting up on a fence post. And the, the meme said, when you see a turtle on the fence post, you know he didn't get there by himself. And guess what? A lot of us are like turtles on fence posts. Where we're at in life, we didn't get here by ourselves. And see, humility is not just saying, oh, I'm nothing, I'm no, nobody, and I didn't know. Humility is saying, hey, yeah, yeah, God has blessed me, but I recognize where it came from. And the more I recognize his blessings in my life, the more he opens up and, and we experience more of his blessings in our life. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Isaiah 66 and verse two, has not my hand made all of these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. And these are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. This is what God says. God says, here's the ones that I'm looking on to bless with my favor upon their lives. Those who humble themselves, those who recognize their need for help. The more you recognize your need for help, the more you will receive God's help in your life. James says it like this in James four, six, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor. To the humble. What area of your life do you need to humble yourself? Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your family, with your parents, with your kids, with your siblings. Maybe it's with your co-workers or your boss. That just imagine the favor of God that you might experience in your life if you would come to a place of humbling yourself. Joseph received God's favor because Joseph was a man of integrity. Joseph was a man of humility. But then notice, finally, number three, that Joseph was a man of faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. In fact, I love what Solomon writes to his son in Proverbs chapter 3 as he's giving him advice. And Look what he tells him in verse number one. He says, my son, don't forget my teachings. And keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And then look what he says. Let love and what? Say this word. And faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablets of your heart, and then you will what? You will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Solomon says to his son, this is how you get favor with God. This is how you get favor with people. You live a life of faithfulness. You don't forget the teachings of God. You be consistent and you live it out day in and day out, day in and day out. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a good reputation and people are going to like you and people are going to look on you with favor and God is going to relate. Release his favor in your life because of your faithfulness. As I think about faithfulness, I think about Noah. No one was more faithful than Noah as he built the ark. You you may not even realize this, but when God told him to build the ark, he built on that ark for a hundred years before he ever saw a drop of rain. Can you imagine that day in and day out, year in in and year out? Can you imagine finally he gets on the ark and then he's on the ark with all those stinky animals for 40 days and 40 nights. You talk about a picture of faithfulness. And yet, you know what the Bible says about Noah? It says that that Noah found favor Genesis 6, 8, that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because he was a man who was faithful. What about the parable of the talents? We just did a whole series on this a few weeks ago. We talked about the the master and the ones that he looked faithfully or favorably upon were who? The ones that were faithfully said, well done, good and faithful servant. Think about Joseph. Man, Joseph was a man who was faithful through the pit, through the prison, and even into the palace. He was faithful to what God asked him to do. And over and over and over, God was with them. God showed him favor. And can I just tell you here today, some of you wonder why I don't, why don't I have, seem to have this favor you're talking about in my life? And maybe the reason is you're inconsistent. You're not faithful. You're up and you're down. Your emotions are all over the place and people can't count on you. Nobody knows who you are from one day to the next. And God looks on your life and goes, how can I bless that? Here's what I bless, those who are. I'm going to just tell you here today, there's something powerful about the favor of God. Talent can't replace it, troubles can't remove it. But if we will have these traits in our lives, if we will strive to be people of integrity and humility and faithfulness, we can release God's, we can position ourselves in a place where we can greater receive His favor. And that's what I want for me. That's my want for you.